Yo, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Demo Listen. I'm Gray. I'm joined as always by my co-host, Nathan. We do a very simple podcast in which we listen to punk, hardcore, metal, and adjacent forms of music that people send in to us. Typically, it's our first time hearing the releases in question, and we honestly react to whatever it is that we're hearing. Sometimes we like stuff, sometimes we don't, but we encourage you to interact with and support the stuff that you do enjoy, regardless of how we feel about it. We're not aiming to be tastemakers, professional critics, or make objective value judgments here. We just want to put new stuff in front of you, encourage you to interact with it. Sometimes we happen to make fun of it in the process, but that's okay. Don't take anything that we say seriously. Uh, The format of the show is very simple. We have 10 bands in the queue every week. Everything is listener submitted. We roll some dice and randomly select, usually between five and seven of them per episode to listen to. If you want to submit music, it's demolistenpodcast at gmail.com. Just make sure the release is a year or less old from the time of submission. On that note, some more people have asked about, you know, submissions getting left in the dust. We did address this a while back, but we kind of did it in the call-in section. So just to put it to rest here and to and to frame this for you, I just counted for the sake of, of this exact introduction uh a a little while back like maybe last month in the span of one week we got 23 submissions Mm -hmm. when we have 10 bands in the show every week and we can't even listen to every band that we have in the queue you can imagine how 23 submissions a week is just it's untenable we can't keep up with it so we do have a plan suggested by a caller the mail tub shitter himself uh, to do, and we kind of talked about this a while ago. I don't know if we talked about it on a mainline episode or a Patreon, but I think we're actually going to commit to doing it. We're going to do one last hell week coming up here very soon, so we'll roll those out over the course of a month or so, so we can ca- catch up on everything else. And then moving forward, everything that we can't get to on the weekly show, we're going to throw into sort of like a weekly demo listen radio, right? We're, we're refraining from commentary. We're just putting together a playlist of everything that we missed, maybe a little write-up to accompany it, something minimal. Uh, that way, you can at least hear what gets sent into the show. And we can hear what gets sent into the show, too. That's more important. Which is more important because, like, you know. I, I, I you know. Yeah. I don't, thank you for sending things in. Sure. But how dare you get offended that we didn't get to it? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess I just want to I want to frame this and sort of uh, present you some comparison points so that you can understand the scope of like what's going on here. 23 submissions in a week. Can't do it. You know what I mean? It just is what it is. So uh, recently, like I, I've said on uh, another episode, I'm just kind of favoring the most recent 10 things in the email. So if you're like, man, I submitted shit in June and they didn't get around to it. We will on the hell week, and then moving forward, we got a system in place so that we can take care of that, and you can't bitch about it anymore. Um, So I didn't really have anything up top because somebody did supply something. If you had some thoughts that you wanted to get out of the way first before I jump into this, we had kind of a long email from one of our submitters and regular listeners that was pertinent to some shit that we've had on the show recently that I thought would be interesting. Sure, go for it. I don't have anything more interesting to say. (laughs) Okay. Other than that, I apologize again for my sultry low tone. Just got out of the studio recording something. And again, I'm old. So like the fact that I managed to even record six songs today is a miracle in and of itself. You're not that old. No, but my body doesn't. My body doesn't know that. My body's healthy as a horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're holding up great. I can't, I can't, I Just can't take that away out. from you. Um, so we got a submission from uh, from Pete. Um, Pete submits stuff every once in a while, fairly frequently. He's a UK listener, uh, so shout out 
to all of our UK and international listeners. So he wanted to clear a few things up because I brought up the term emo violence recently on a show. He said, just to clear a few things up, emo violence was very much a joke term from the humor of Chris Bickle when Inhumanity was a band. Mm -hmm. uh, man, if you're not familiar with Guy on a Punchline, then fix that. Prepare to repaint the room after listening to direct action. If you don't like this, then you don't like hardcore. I like Guy on a Punchline a lot. They were actually uh, one of my intro bands into sort of like more modern stuff. This weird cokehead guy I went to school with in high school made me a big MP3 CD collection of stuff. And it had Spaz, Guy on a Punchline, uh, Machine Gun Romantics, Despise You, a bunch of cool shit on it. Uh, he said Legion Blotain, which is pronounced like that apparently. Uh, that label is sketchy as fuck, which I determined with my independent we, research. We determined that, yeah. Yes. Uh, he was going to Blood and Honor festivals years ago, so in 2023, fuck knows where it went. My best pal was in the same circles. The label owner has been riding the wave, peddling this mysterious guy black metal stomp shit for 10 years. Way too much output, output with no regard for quality control, which went for the mutant ape wall noise. I'm saying this now, but we released a CD on Turgid Animal in the late 2000s. It was drone ambient, though. Uh, funny you mentioned Skullhead. That band is straight garbage. I will push back against that. I think Skullhead has some tracks, actually. <laughs> but, yes, largely some bad stuff. Uh, they were from around here. My friend said growing up in the early 80s, the punks from Concept were super violent lunatics. The vocalist, and I just learned this the other day. Weird synchronicity here. Maybe today, actually, I saw this. The vocalist became MC Techno T in the 90s and hit the E's. This was the moron shit all the stupid cunts listened to when I was in school. Was talking to my friend's son about Kev Turner's tattooing recently. Guy's a total joke. He works in a shitty mall shop, dishing out bad ink, whatever. He wears clown shoes. So, so weird because I just saw like a screen cap on like an Instagram story maybe today or yesterday of Homeboy from Skullhead talking about how he has since renounced his racist ways, and in the 90s, he was indeed MC Techno T, rap, rap guy, a weird turn. Mm -hmm. He said, finally, my comment for you guys, and this is the prompt I kind of wanted to focus on. Do you see that music, in particular hardcore, has eventually hit a form of 21st century postmodernism that is hard, near impossible to get back from? Has the subculture helped create a dead end that hardcore was initially meant to avoid? More specifically, a fetishism or romanticism of genre and time periods. This shouldn't be a movement with a, conf a confined vision of the future. Your ideas of peasantry made me consider this. From a UK perspective, it sounds very Disney slash D&D, e.g. there are 13th century, 13th century ruins of a palace at the end of my street. Uh, no one gives a fuck. It just symbolizes hundreds of years of unending class struggle to me. Many thanks and fuck off, Pete. So we've kind of addressed this on the show before in passing. We've been doing this long enough that most things people ask us, we've probably at least mentioned offhand. And yeah, I think we've talked about this in relation to our feelings in, in about subculture and specifically punk and hardcore in general and about how enjoying it as an adult in 2023 you have to be aware of that fact. It's, un it's important to understand, and you've often cited how hardcore is in its like late jazz phase now, where you're playing the hits, you're playing the standards, you're doing it for the love of it, you're not doing it to innovate. For better or for worse, you could make compelling arguments either way. Yeah, hardcore is, has hit a wall that I think is insurmountable. And yes, it is fundamentally different than the thing it set out to be. And as we've talked about in some Patreon episodes before too, it's no surprise why when bands like Uniform Choice and stuff started cropping up, that a lot of the first wave guys who got in it to be weird 
and who got in it to be genuinely against the grain saw that stuff sort of coalescing into a homogenized form and were like, fuck this, I'm off to the next thing. Lou Barlow was off to be in Sebado and Dinosaur Jr. Husker was off to write their weird indie rock stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it's just fundamentally a different thing. I would say in response to that though, that is all culture. And I don't know that subculture can even exist in a postmodern environment i was gonna say i mean if we even just think about music yeah with uh we'll say your traditional rock and roll arrangements yeah i don't think there's anything new under the sun there isn't there isn't i mean there are th there there are arrangements that pop up that feel novel at least passingly novel from time to time and excite me but fundamentally it's just uh it's a variation on a theme what what you un what if you ask me you unfortunately get is the uh baleful fan fretted eight string guitars yeah and um utter and, and alien sounds yeah for sure and i don't know maybe that's uh maybe that's cool i guess plenty of people like that shit yeah not me yeah not me either man and yeah, hardcore became a thing that is deeply steeped in tradition when initially it started as a reaction to that exact sort of mentality. I don't know. It is what it is. Like I said, in 2023, if you like this shit, you kind of like it warts and all. And I think, at least for me personally, as I've grown and things like community have meant less and less to me, as they should to any sort of thinking adult, just check yourself if you still find yourself being like, wow, my community is so important. Please rethink that position. Or maybe not, because both of us are pretty maladjusted. <laughs> that's, that's true, yeah. You maybe. know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. I mean, it not. has been shown that humans need other human connection to maintain uh, health and good mental acuity. That's true. Later adulthood. And we are social people, but I'm talking about more in a macro sense. Community is kind of a farce, you know. Well... My community is very interpersonal and I, I think I think once it gets too macro, yeah, it, yeah. it is it is definitely a farce. Sure. So, so yeah, it, it, as I've moved into that stage of my life over the last several years, um, the idea that like hardcore and punk and these things that I like no longer possess the ability in most instances to be instances to be like truly transgressive or boundary pushing doesn't really bother me that much because most of the things that I like, I enjoy largely in isolation or with a few other people who I've known for a decade plus who also enjoy all the same things. And it is annoying. It's annoying to have sort of sub your, your, the things you really like co-opted by this postmodern morass of like monoculture. That sucks. And there are moments when I feel depressed and sad about that. And then there are other moments where I just roll with it because it is what it is and there's nothing that any of us can do about it. And it's all just a speck in the march of time ever onward towards oblivion. So most of the time I'm able to just quietly sit back and enjoy the stuff that I like. Well, I think that in the grand scheme of things, you know, yeah, that's probably the case, right? Yeah. But at a good basement show, yeah, I think that the the impetus, the the original motivation, especially for the young folks, it's it's the same as it ever was. I would agree with that for sure. Right. Yeah. I think that you've been around long enough, or whatever, you start to look at it with uh, uh, through a different lens. Agreed. Yeah. But uh, and that's why, I was, man, I wish I could go back and feel the way I felt at shows I felt when I was when it was like 1995, for sure. 1996. Yeah. yeah, sure. You know, when everything felt fucking precious and important and shit like that. Yeah. And it's so rare when that chord is struck again. Yeah. 
that I kind of get sappy about it almost. Same. Like, I, yeah, I, I, I never, I never express that sappiness. No, but I feel it. I go home and have a private little cry to myself. <laughs> sure. But you know, I think that the the impetus is the same. The yes. motivation is the same, but the the breadth of music has has run its course. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. And once you start innovating too much, yo, no. No, yeah. Nobody wants to hear a gel song with a fan fretted eight string guitar. No, man, you innovate yourself past listenability very, very quickly in a rock music format. No, yeah. So, like, you know, yeah, yeah. And I will say to that note too. I think one thing that has allowed this stuff to feel very vital to me moving forward, well into adulthood is exactly what you just pointed out, which is that I think it is at its core the same for kids. They are attempting to burn it down and start again. There is just a, there's a limited musical palette from which to select and still make music that is cool and ripping and heavy and hard. And a lot of my enjoyment at this point, at least the enjoyment that I don't just find in isolation because I really like this stuff and I like it more than almost anything else on the planet and have for most of my life at this point is to see kids like young young people doing it and interacting with it and feeling that same sensation of like importance that I felt when I was 18 years old that's cool to observe when and in the in the rare moments where you can really see it happening and everything kind of coalesces and comes together in a in a in a moment that feels uh transcendent in its own way and I think a lot of that has has occurred for me just by watching people like set up and book their own shows and like start their own bands. It's nice to see, makes me feel like this stuff is vital and alive and continually moving. Even if the sounds necessarily have stagnated because I just don't think there's anywhere else to go with a guitar and a drum. It just is what it is. I'm in it for me, man. Yeah. I'm in it chasing that fucking dragon to get back to that feeling from 96. For sure. It is all, it is you all, know? it is all, it is all chasing the dragon. Otherwise, sure. otherwise you just feel so goddamn bad all the time. That is true. As a middle-aged adult. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Quote, unquote. Quote, unquote. So, uh, you got anything you want to jump into the, jump into the queue? No, I think we're good. Okay. So first up, we have got uh, Dream Unending, which uh, was sent in to us by Vince. This release is Song of Salvation, something new on 20 Bucks Spin that involves uh, some, some, known, some known quantities here. Uh, I believe it involves uh, Justin Detour, a.k.a. Dance Floor Justin of The Rival Mob, of fucking Mental, of uh, Summerlands most recently, and then uh, Derek Vela, who plays in like Tomb Mold and, uh, and shit like that. Um, so uh, Vince proposed the question, is this good or is it like metal for pitchfork readers? I don't know. If we land on it, we'll find out. I think I listened to this. When did this come out? Uh, I don't know. Fairly November. Recently, I, was gonna, I think ago. I heard this a couple months ago. Yeah. Because, you know, I get email updates from 20 bucks spin. Sure. And I was like, eh, I listened to like 30 seconds. So we'll see. Yeah. Give it, it a good, give it a, give it a, a fair try. There are a couple 15 minute songs on this. So, you yeah. Know. Uh, then next up, we have a band that we simply can't pronounce. Um, this was sent in by Micah, who apologized for the name. You'd have to cut my tongue out. Yeah, everything's in Greek. Uh, he he sent me the kind of the transcribed version of this, and even that I can't pronounce. Perkatovolisi, uh, perkatovolisi, maybe. But he said the rough translation he got from Google Translate is down payment. So he's just going to go with that until he knows something else. He said it's some D-beat stuff uh, that he liked. 
Then we have got Surrogates with their self-titled release. This is a band out of Minneapolis. It was sent in by Rob, who said he just caught these guys uh, opening for that band Flower, who we had on the show a mm -hmm. while back. Yeah. Uh, they played a show down in Hattiesburg, and I think that they're on tour together right now. Uh, then we have got Firmament with their self-titled release. This is out on Dying Victims Production out of Germany, and I believe this is a German release as well. It was sent in by Derek. Then we have got Morbid Rituals with their demo. This is another band from Germany. This is a pretty international uh, cue this week. Uh, this was sent in by Ryan, uh, who said we can probably guess what it sounds like just by looking at it. Then we have got She with uh, Katerina Molotov. This was sent in by Jay from Cold Bratz. This is based out of Bucharest, Romania. He said it's a friend of his playing some like synth wavy, dark wavy kind of stuff. Then we have got Shit with their new demo. Uh, you probably know about shit if you listen to this show. If not, go educate yourself. They just dropped this on January 1st, and I haven't listened to it yet. It's two new originals and two covers. Then we have got War Crusher with Epitaph. Oh, I should mention uh, the shit was sent in by AJ. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. Uh, then Pete, whose email that we just read, um, sent in War Crusher with Epitaph. This is a band out of Montreal who said, as you can tell if you're looking at the cover, that this is like old school, crusty, bolt thrower worship stuff, which it certainly looks like it's going mm -hmm. for that. Then we've got Profane Order with One Nightmare Unto Another. This was sent in by Kevin, and it's a new release on Nuclear War Now. And then last up, we have Lathe of Heaven with their demo. This is a band out of Brooklyn that John, our buddy John, sent in, local homie John, uh, and said it's some post-punk stuff that uh, he thought we might, might enjoy. Okay. So let's roll the dice. All right. Ten. All right. Let's see if we do enjoy it. Lathe of Heaven with their demo. You can find this at lathofheaven.bandcamp.com. Kind of like the name, kind of like the layout, very simple. Uh, you can look at this and immediately know that they're playing some form of post-punk. There's no, there's no other possible thing they could be doing when you look at that cover. Yeah, maybe <laughs> some electro of some sort. Perhaps, yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. I don't know that he suggested a specific song. There's three songs on here. The first song's queued up. We'll go with that. We're going to listen to Genome by Lathe of Heaven off of their demo. <laughs>
We just heard Genome by Lathe of Heaven off of their demo, which uh, came out in February of last year. How'd you feel about it? Yeah. Apt. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I, so we've listened in the past three years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not like we came in at the cusp of uh, this sort of resurgence. Yeah. Of this sort of stuff. Sure. We've heard a lot of this. A lot. A whole lot. And we've heard a lot of, well, coming back to the what we were just talking about at the top of the show, we've heard a lot of stuff that is samey. Yeah. Some stuff I never get tired of. Sure. I'm kind of done with the distant, cold, reverb-heavy post-punk yeah. right now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm done with it just in the sense that, like, I, I've had my fill of I've it for a while. really good examples of it. Like, super good examples. This is not super good. No, this is good. This is apt. This is good. This, this is, is a fine job. For sure. But... There, I have heard so much of this. Yes, that I'm kind of ready for something that's more fun. Yeah, agreed for sure. In the post punk vein. Yeah, there was stuff about this that I liked for sure. I mean, the the bones of this are good. It was nice and percussive. The mm-hmm. production was where it needs to be. There were some guitar riffs on this that reminded me of like Catastrophe Ballet era Christian Death. Nothing about this that I disliked. This is on in the background at any given time. I always, I'm, I'm always. Right. Totally cool with it. Right. Never am I asking you to change anything that sounds like this. Right. But I think, again, to the point made at the beginning of the show, one thing about hardcore and its just necessary sameness after its long, unexpectedly long shelf life is that that form in its, in its most basic rendition is the thing that appeals to me more than almost anything else on earth. Right. It, it, it thrills me. Like that form. Right thrills me because it's got it's it's the energy of it right it doesn't rely on proficiency right right yes this relies a lot more on proficiency and and honestly this this relies i think more on perfecting uh, the perfection of mimicry yeah yes for sure and that's the thing right is like with a form that does just thrill me more than other stuff i'm willing to throw it a lot of slack because i'm like yeah this sounds like everything else but I like that. It's, this, this, this is the same song over and over again, but it's my favorite song. So right. who, who cares? You know what I mean? With this stuff, I love this shit. I've been attracted to this for almost as long as I've been attracted to punk and hardcore and whatnot. But I just need a little bit more from it because it's it's not my it's not my number one guy. You know right. what I mean? It's and, not and, my bottom bitch. And you can't get okay. So like, Earth Girl just I I, I listened to something called. Um, uh, professional ballers or something like that. Uh-huh. that. Earth girl just put out some Hattiesburg project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, I, I saw some people and it's a about fucking that. mess. Yeah, it's fun. I loved it. Right. Yeah. It it it's it's the perfect basement sound. Right. But musically, it's a fucking mess. Sure. Again, because it's not relying on proficiency. Right. More than just capturing energy and running with you know youthful exuberance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this has, again. This is a sound I like just fine. Yeah. And in this in this vein, I mean, you know, I was listening to Susie Sue sure. a couple days ago. Right. While I did some fucking level grinding on Bard's Tale. Yeah. Right. And it's fine. I, I love this stuff. But like I don't uh, right. I don't lust exactly. after this stuff. Yeah, for sure. And and the examples of this that are great are are truly great and some of my favorite stuff. But again, in the last few years, We've gotten some examples of this that are so good. Like, I go back to that Constant Mongrel record mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, with that in, in such recent memory, I need less of this. Yes. I can, I, I can hear, 
I can hear a, a reckoning force record or like an electric chair record or a protocol record that are all variations on a theme. And I just love that so much that I'm like, give, give me more. Whereas this, you give me the constant mongrel record. I might not need any more of this for another three years. You know what I mean? It yeah. just is what it is. Yeah. It's such a good example. I don't really need right. more of it. So this is good. Not dissonant at all. Super, super well put together. Great for a demo. I'm just a little over it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All right. What's next? That doesn't mean don't send it in. Yeah, no, of course not. Just don't expect it, us to absolutely you know, send it in. Go bonkers unless it's a seriously bonkers example of it. Yeah. Uh four. Okay. This is uh this is firmament. Uh you can find this at dyingvictimsproductions.bandcamp.com. The name of the record is also firmament. It was also mentioned that the word firmament is said like twelve times in the write up. I, if I hear that word, I only there's a slick Rick line that always comes to my mind. I can't divorce the line firmament or the, the word firmament from this slick slick Rick line. Um, let's see how this sounds because I don't know how it's going to sound other than the fact that it's going to be vaguely metal. The words heavy rock are used in the write up, which is usually a word combination that I only use in jest. There's a bunch of 70s rock, 80s rock, hard rock, heavy metal, metal. Speed metal, thrash metal, heavy rock, old school heavy metal. Right. Underground metal. Just the term heavy rock is one that I like only do if I'm doing a character of like, yeah, man, I went to this show with my cousin. This man was playing like like heavy rock stuff, man. Like I just love heavy rock. Yeah. That's the only time I use that word combo. Heavy metal, hard rock, all of those in my vernacular. Heavy rock, I wouldn't go with, but this is also a German label. So, you know, English, not their first language. So... Let's see. Oh, again, the title track off of the record. Firmament. Firmament. So we're going to listen to, I love when I get a chance to say this, we're going to listen to the song Firmament by the band Firmament off of the record Firmament. Firmament.
just heard the song Firmament by the band Firmament. The name of the record is actually We Don't Rise, We Just Fall. Bandcamp would have you think otherwise, but if you look at the album cover and the write-up, that is indeed what it's called. Man, that it's very good. That that went, went, so I have been listening to a lot of 70s Judas Priest. Yeah. Like Lonesome Crow, Scorpion, 70s Scorpion, 70s Scorpions, um, early Iron Maiden. Yeah. Like when this first started off, this when this came in, it straight sounded like, like a fucking Paul Diano era yes. Iron Maiden song. 100%, yeah. And I love that era of Iron Maiden. Same. Um, and... Uh, this one a little bit of a different direction. Yeah. Oh man, I'm all over this. I, I I really really wish that I would find this in the states. Yes. Yeah. Same. Because I don't. Uh, like, I, I don't hope it shows shipping. up somewhere because it's it's this is this yeah. is fucking dope. Yeah. I gotta listen to the rest of this. I need to look for this in distros when it comes out because uh, it doesn't come out in full for a couple months. Yes. This is the only track that's available off of it so far. Uh, yeah. This is really good. Not in the same vein, but I did go down a rabbit hole of listening to. 2112 and prior era Rush, uh, the decidedly less proggy Rush, the more blues rocky Rush, mm -hmm. um, and so I'm in the mood for like I'm just in the mood for riffs. You every, know what I mean? Every time I I never think about Rush, but then every time I hear Rush, I'm like, God damn! Yeah, the, that's where I'm at too. Because I was listening to Bob from Axe to Grind's other show that he does uh, in search of tracks where they just listen to records and talk about them, and they listen to 2112, and I was like. Fuck man, twenty one twelve is an a genuinely important record to me. I mean, when I was a kid, like that was a record that when I was Mister Punkaraka guy, I pulled twenty one twelve out of my stepdad's CD rack and was like, "Oh wait, this rules! Hard rock rules! Yeah. I'm not too cool for this. This is yeah. awesome, you know." So I went back and listened to twenty one twelve and all of the prior stuff, Fly By Night, and all that shit. Uh, so yeah, like I said, I am, and I'm always really in the mood for riffs. This fucking this happened. This was droves. really good. This was really good. This we talk about like the mastery of imitation. This perfectly emulated an era. You know yeah, what I mean? And also in a way that did not feel just no like a jape. Right, exactly. Yeah. It 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 is like honest, not tongue in cheek, homage, but it managed to stand on its own legs. If, if you happen to walk into like a dive bar. Yeah. You know, I'm not talking like a punk bar. No, no, no. Like a dive. I'm just talking about like a bar where a band happens to be playing. Yeah. And it sounds like this. Yeah. You're in for the long haul. For I'm yes. in for the long haul. I, I, I hate going to fucking bars. Same, dude. Yeah. I'm 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 finding a seat and I'm hanging out yeah. for sure. This absolutely rocked. I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, we often say, if you don't like this, you don't like hardcore. I'll say in this case, if you don't like this, you don't like to rock. Right. Because this is fucking yeah. rock. I mean, dude. I I could see where a lot of hardcore sure. men would not like this. But you know what? This stuff is more in the zeitgeist than it has ever been. Yes. The power of the riff is 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 largely appreciated by more people because the aforementioned like Summerlands, for example, by merit of the fact that there are hardcore luminaries involved. I think so much of, of hardcore because it is such a fundamentally such like a clicky like in-group, out-group sort of thing and that's both a good and bad aspect of what it is. Sometimes it just takes the right dude being in a band or telling you to listen to a band to kick open the floodgates. So I feel like the fact that like DFJ and like Brendan Radigan are in Summerlands got enough people being like, oh, wait, this kind of like heavy metal is cool and good, actually. Yeah. And, and this is uh, this is, I guess, heavy metal in the earliest of sense. The earliest, like probably predating when that was really a term. Right. Yeah. You know, and and so 
when I was younger. Yeah. Let's say when I was 20 years old. Sure. Right? When I was 20 years old and going to hardcore shows, this sort of stuff. Yeah. The actual <laughs> initial versions of this sort of stuff. Yeah. Were 20 years old. Right, exactly. Yeah. They were in recent memory. For sure. Those fucking dinosaurs are still, well, there's still a lot of them are still playing. Yeah. I kind of regret not seeing them now. <laughs> For sure. But you know yes. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. this stuff was like, this is what my dad listened to right. to an extent. Sure. And this is, so there was a bit of a reaction right. to that. Like, of course. No, I'm going to listen to fucking Earth Crisis. Of course, I'm not going to fucking, why the fuck would I listen to the Scorpions? Right. Why would I listen to Budgie? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But now, but now I want to listen to Budgie and the Scorpions. For and, sure. and so for, and now in, in 2022, now yeah. we're talking like, you know, 50, 50 years. years. Right. Exactly. There's so no, it's so far removed. Right. There's no more like, oh, this is my dad's music. Right. I think you're, you're, we've arrived at a point in culture where like, you can just appreciate this shit for how fucking sick it was. Right. There's no like, oh man, we're, we're going to start a hardcore band because all the popular bands are playing 15 minute solos. Right. Dude, give me the 15 minute solo now. I don't care. I'm, hey. I'm in for it, man. Hey, we got riffs like this. Yeah. Keep it going, man. Go for it. Yeah. All right. What's, uh, what's next? That's a high bar to clear though. That's, uh, that might, that that's really fucking ooh. good. <laughs> that's really, really fucking good. If I get good. my hands on this record. Yeah. I, I, I want to listen to the rest of it. Yeah. Heck, for sure. It's not out there yet. Right. If I get my hands in this, there's a good chance this makes the, the year end roundup. For sure, three hundred and sixty days from now. Yeah, yeah. This this really really rules. All right, all right. Four again. Okay, four is uh, Morbid Rituals with their demo. You can find this at morbidrituals.bandcamp.com. This is the uh, this is the thing that Ryan Donahoe said we could probably guess what it sounds like. He said it sounds like what you think it does. I mean, we got you know a fucking skeletal warrior. Is a, dr- a draugr. It it just looks like a shadow with spiked armor on. Yeah, shadow with spiked armor on. He may maybe more of like a a Frazetta esque like death death dealer kind of guy. Yeah. Um. So the first song is the intro. Looks like probably like an ambient old heavy metal style intro because it's only fifty one seconds long. No, so, we don't uh, listen to that. No, we'll, we'll listen to Cemetery Shades. Yeah, we're gonna listen to Cemetery Shades by Morbid Rituals.
heard the song cemetery shades by morbid rituals off of their demo uh this is a band from germany which i think i mentioned in uh, when we were going through the queue i liked this quite a bit especially for a demo i really liked the fact that uh they leaned into the doom components of this in the sense that they didn't slow it down to chug they slowed it down to an oppressive uncomfortable slog of a pace at some moments mm -hmm. and i liked that about this i liked that this was unapproachable in several respects the guitars sounded like they are were broken sounded like they did that by accident you know what i mean and very yeah. much the same way that as cited in the tags here uh, below first wave black metal bands did they didn't want you to get it twisted they oh. didn't want you to think we're they're they're doing second wave or the dreaded third wave they're doing first wave right and you can definitely hear along with early death metal influence and with like doom influence in this yeah for sure you can hear hellhammer and bathory and mayhem uh, in this yeah I, mean, I was gonna say basically this was hellhammer riffs played at half speed yes exactly yep for sure at, at times like especially with some of those like caveman beats mm -hmm. the drums just sounded like like f like cardboard flapping yes for sure I fucking yeah. love it yeah it was great i i liked this a whole lot this is indeed it it's it looks or it sounds how it looks it's to my taste probably not to many people's tastes that's all good we talk about you know mold from the tomb crusty dusty death metal and like proto black metal shit on this show uh, this is uh, a really excellent example of that, and it's, as I said, much to my taste, uh, a particularly una unapproachable example of that. And uh, I think both of us have been, are always into, but have been especially into unapproachably noisy death metal, black metal, that kind of stuff. For a as, while. As of late, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, as of so, late, for sure. Yeah. I, I really like this. I'm bummed. I here's where I here's where I sit with this. Mm -hmm. We hear a ton of good bands that we really like yeah. on like a demo format. Uh -huh. And I get it. You never know if you're gonna get something else. Sure. Right. But god damn it. I want I, I I want a full length that sounds like this. For sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I agree. You know? That's 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 all I'm hoping. I'm hoping that this is indeed uh an exercise. Yes. A demo. Yeah. Um, and that there's more there's more down the road with this band. I hope that this isn't uh, the last thing we hear. And then, like, you know, in 15 years, Nuclear War Now is still around. Right. And they collect this plus, like, a couple of live recordings right, right, and right. put it out on a fucking LP. Dude, I'll tell you, 
I hate, I, I was reminded of this because I was, you know, listening to those rush records and on Spotify, it's always like the deluxe, you know, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. and you get to the end of the record and then it's just like a live record tacked on the end. I'm like, who wants this? I don't fucking care about this. No. Just give me the record. That's not how you make money on Spotify. It's not. I hate like, you know, punk and hardcore rarity collections that are like, here's the record plus unlistenable live recordings from 1981. Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit, dude. I don't care about all of the negative approach songs recorded poorly on a hand recorder. Right. I don't give a shit. But yeah, this I was, digress. This was great. This was sick. This is right up my alley. For sure. Um, yeah, give me more. Give me more, 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 more. Yep, for sure. It is uh, hopefully, and it seems like people are taking heed, we seem to be re-entering an era of full lengths. An yeah. era of LPs, and I'm happy to see it. And I hope that these guys ride the wave, and that their next release is like you know solid eight or nine tracks of this. Yeah, for sure. All right, what's uh, what's next? Six. Okay, I don't know if we're actually going to hear any hardcore on our hardcore show tonight. This is War Crusher. We with don't epitaph. Aside from shit, uh huh. We don't. I don't we know don't, that we, we have any. I'm not sure what. Yeah. Maybe that. Well, if if Mike is if Mike is submitting. That yeah, yeah. He said it's like D beat, rage and D beat stuff. Can you imagine how? Never mind. <laughs> okay. All Never right. Mind. Okay. All right. So this is War Crusher with Epitaph. Um, this is a band from Montreal. So again, not only have we been uh, pretty pretty light on uh, pretty light on like punk tonight. But also everything so far except for the first thing we heard is all international, which I'm always always happy about too. So uh, the self-titled track is uh, is queued up to play. This is just a, a two-song release. So we're going to listen to Epitaph off of the release of the same name by the band War Crusher from Montreal.
Epitaph by War Crusher off the release of the same name. This is a two-song release that came out in November of last year. Looks like the only other thing they have is a demo from late 2019 and then what looks like a live session from May of last year. I always like when I see that, my initial instinct is always to admonish and then I have to remember, oh wait, the world shut down for a while. And yeah. if you put something out right before the pandemic, you're just kind of fucked. Yeah. You had to regroup over the last year and a half or so. This was sick. I liked this a lot. Like So upon first looking at it, with the logo, with the fucking art and everything. It's very obvious what they're going for. That said, I was happy that this was not a bolt thrower clone. There's obvious homage to bolt thrower in here, but like they have crust and stench core in the tags and stuff. And yeah, this is through a kind of a, a crusty lens and it, at times bore resemblance to maybe some Japanese stuff too, like the more energetic coffins material. Um, I liked this a lot. I thought it was real good. Yeah, I like this a lot too. I was, the, I, you know, there were some clearly. I what I love is, I love when punk bands are so clearly influenced by the by early examples of death metal. Yeah, but don't play death metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what sure. I mean? Like, right. like in bat in battle, there is no law. Yeah, has spawned a million fucking bands that sound like this. Yes, and. Love the fucking imagery. Like th this looks like more like maybe maybe something like War Master or something. Sure. But like, but like in battle there is no law. You could find that fucking patch on a million goddamn punks. Yes, right. Yeah. But they don't they don't play death metal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this was fucking sick. This this sounded this was good. This was. Uh, yeah. What do you want, man? Yeah. This is great, man. I it, like it, it a lot. If if you if you see a name you're right if you see a name like war crusher and you see this artwork and you see a dude with you know dyed blonde hair yeah yeah yeah, yeah right and a bull ring yeah right yeah and you know various tattoos and a leather vest on you know exactly you, what this sounds you like. know what you're getting for sure you know exactly what this sounds like and it there's, it, there's never anything wrong with it no no unless, unless it is truly inept morons playing it it's and hard. even that's fun. Even that is fun. Exactly. It's 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 pretty hard to go wrong with this kind of stuff. Death metal influenced non death metal right. of this variety. Right. You know what I mean? I I fuck with it. This is uh this is stuff that brings me back to a time and place in my life too. Like the crusty components of this and shit. A, mm -hmm. a fond time and place. I thought this was really fucking good. Uh, I look forward to this band releasing more than uh, more than two songs at a time. I would like to hear at the very least. You know. Give me, give me six or seven of these bangers. I could, uh, I could sit down and listen to more than uh, seven and a half minutes of this music for sure. Give me, give me, give me twelve. Twelve's, twelve's not bad. Put if you got out, it in you, put it out on Blackwater. Yeah, sure. Why yeah. not? There you go. I'm a mark. I, I'm, yeah. I'm buying it. All right. What's next? Five. Okay. Five is, uh, is the new shit demo. Uh, you can find this at what we do is secrete.bandcamp.com. This just dropped on uh, January 1st. 
I've been seeing Nikki Rat get around a lot lately on artwork. I mean, Nikki Rat's been doing stuff a lot in general, uh, but he did the art for this, and he's done a art for several things that were in our year-end list. Mm-hmm. Um, so because two of these songs are covers, we'll just start at the beginning because there's actually, you know, there's only two original tracks on here. So we're going to listen to Haunted by Shit off of their demo. Haunted by shit off of their new demo 2023. So before I say anything about this music, I just want to tip the hat to shit, who is at this point an institution of it, Toronto hardcore. Been around for a grip. Yes. More so, than 10 years. More than 10 years. Yes. 12, 12, 13 years at this point. And this band started doing this at, when no one gave a shit about this kind of stuff, largely and has persisted to a point where this music has quite unexpectedly been folded into the broader hardcore and punk conversation. This band was on Beach Impediment and Static Shock when normal core men and core women didn't give a fuck about those labels. And now those labels are hot and cool and everybody realizes, oh shit, those labels put out consistently some of the best hardcore of the last decade. Mm-hmm. This band has been on that shit, uh, uh, no pun intended, on this shit for a long time. They are the purveyors, the modern purveyors of this form uh, in a way that has had reverberations and influenced so many bands. I don't think you get a gag without shit. You don't get a gel without shit. You don't get a lot of stuff like that. That's what I was going to say is they, they cut through the middle of a lot of sounds. Yes. Right? I mean, the current, you know, D-beat yes. aspect to so much punk, mm-hmm. that blending of that in there, they cut yeah. through all that. And, yep. you know, every single time I put 
whatever band fucking radio on or whatever fucking mix on Spotify yeah. while I'm driving around, there's always like four or five shit tracks in there. Yeah. And they always. have and they have a pretty sizable discography over their, you know, now decade over decade long career. And this is a, a, a perfectly competent and worthwhile entry into it based on that song. I'm sure that this is probably preparing us for a new LP or a longer release of some sort in the 2023 calendar year. Song fucking ripped. I like pretty much everything that this band has done. I've been rocking with them for a long time, and uh, they, they have they haven't lost a fan today. It's no. really really good. No, it's consistently good this is just another example of it i was thinking i didn't want to say it because it's fucking punny but like yeah it sounds like shit right yes yes that's exactly, exactly what that you know you it know does. what i mean yes you know what you're gonna get for sure for sure like i said uh leading purveyors of this kind of stuff for longer much longer than it's actually been considered cool by anybody so shout out to this band they're still doing it and they have done it well the entire time that they've been doing it which few bands can say uh let's Let's roll the dice one more time, and then we got to get to some messages because uh, having taken some time off during the holidays and then done a year-end roundup last week, needless to say, mm. we've accrued we've accrued some rants and raves in our in our okay. call-in section. All right, how many we got left? Five. Yeah, five left. All right, three. Okay, this is uh, this is surrogates with their self-titled release, um, not their debut. Wow, this is very strange. Okay, so. If this is to be believed, um, this band came out with a demo in 2015 and then nothing else until I, September of last year. I believe it. Why not? Interesting. That's a long time. People got time. shit to do, man. Yeah, people people do have shit busy. to do. I'm going to assume that this band was probably, because I haven't seen this name around or anything until recently, because I, I did see them on uh, the Hattiesburg flyer that the individual mm -hmm. who sent this in mentioned. Um, I'm going to assume that maybe they formed the band, they did a thing, then weren't a band for a while. Somebody and, went to do something. Yeah, somebody sure. had something going on. Somebody had something going on. Maybe exactly. they all did. Maybe they still do. God, I hope they do. Yeah. Yeah, 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 me too. I hope they got something going for them besides surrogates. By by all means, please this pursue is their, other things. This is it. If, yeah. if this doesn't fucking work, right? <laughs> yeah, gun to head, dude. Okay, so the, how can we? How, how, what's a quick way we can make a buck? I don't know. Let's start a shitty hardcore. Yeah, band. let's start a hardcore band. <laughs> A time-honored tradition, a quick buck. Um, okay, so the first song is an intro into the sec into the first real song. We were suggested uh, the second song on here, so we're going to listen to "Repellent" by Surrogates off their self-titled record. No! 
All right, we just heard the song Repellent by Surrogates off of uh, their self-titled release. Whatever they've been cooking up for the last seven or eight years, it's paid off. That was really fucking was, good. That was really fucking good. Everything really about good. that was good. Everything about that was good. The riffs were really great. One thing about this style of hardcore is it's it's easy to fall into a riff writing safe space, which I know from personal experience, it's easy to just be like, I'm going to do the monochromatic. You know, it's like, it's real easy to go there. Um, this band had genuinely good, compelling, energetic riffs, interesting chord progressions. The vocal delivery was sick. Yeah, it, that it, yeah, that was on point. So sick. Tons of personality in it. A lot of really good choices in terms of delivery at different moments. When they hit that halftime at the end, it felt like it was a really good payoff after just a wall of riffs for like a minute and a half before that. Everything about this was excellent. This is just as good as anything on the aforementioned Static Shock or Beach Impediment or 11 p.m. or Take Your Pick. I would have. I have a feeling since I think this band is touring with Flower, um, and people are seeing them presumably, that this band gets picked up by someone in pretty short order because they came out the gate with like a seven-song release, yeah, uh, which is sick as well. And, and it's this, 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 this good. This came out like three months ago. Yeah, this fucking. Four months ago. This rips. This is really good. Yeah. I want to check out the rest of this for sure. Yeah. Ton of fun. If you see this band in a basement, this is the best band you're seeing that night. Yeah. And that's what, that's what Rob, who sent this over, was said that he stopped at the show. I guess he was passing through Hattiesburg and went to see Flower and uh, said that this band just like blew him the fuck away. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is great. If this, if this has the same level of energy and proficiency live, it's shredding every. And here's the thing about this style of hardcore, too, that I've, I've discovered in the last few years of, of booking shows at the bug house is that a lot of people who don't necessarily gravitate towards this stuff and maybe prefer heavier shit. And that's what their listening habits reflect almost always. And we've, this is the thesis of this fucking show. Almost always when you put a band like this in front of those people and they're of this quality and they rip live Every time they're pitting, every time they're buying a shirt, every time they're a convert. Yeah. Without fail. Sure. You know what I mean? There's so much attitude in that song that we heard. Yeah. I can almost picture, I, I've never seen these folks in my life, yeah. but I can almost picture their mannerisms yep. and just how fucking much sass they have while they're fucking playing. Yeah. And it's fucking good. Yeah. You know? Yep. Great riffs, tons of personality, awesome production. This is this type of hardcore that i will gravitate to for the rest of my life i'm a simple man with simple needs and this met all of them i love this this was fucking great i'm gonna listen to the rest of this mm -hmm. all right let's let's do it we must we must do our duty let's uh listen to some voicemails hey tyler hammer here so a couple weeks back um with all the racist talk i also did a little bit of listening but um i'm not racist like gray so i didn't listen to argo's fun i actually revisited some of those neckbeard death camp type bands because I wanted to be like, okay, maybe is this stuff good? Is this stuff bad? Uh, it's really bad. All this stuff is really bad on par with like a lot of the worst NSDM stuff. And I think with how things are now with all this racist talk now and like the last couple of years, I feel like that I just don't remember NSBM or sketchy black metal being as big as it was like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve years ago when I was getting in the metal. So I have a feeling that like with those bands, is it possible that there was kind of like a backlash against it and like 
now people are like, I want to be sketchy because like, I want to listen to bands called like Satanic Warlord Commando, and I, I think when people see a band called like Cum Guzzler or like Gay Lord, which is like that is a real band, uh, it's not cool. That's not cool. I want to hear cool shit and like. I don't know. I think it was an inadvertent backlash. Um, Neckbeard Death Camp is nowhere to be found now. So, I don't know. Just, it's interesting. And I also wanted to, I want to know if you think that you, with Oi kind of being popular now, is that going to happen again with RAC? Is that going to come up? I don't know. Just interesting thoughts like that. See you guys. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, there are some good thoughts here. So, that entire wave of stuff that Tyler is talking about, like Neckbeard Death Camp and shit, I find musically abhorrent. Um, even though the act, the ideals of the people in the bands and my ideals ostensibly are far more in line than any of the sketchy bullshit that I listen to, um, I find it profoundly annoying. Uh, and most of it is, as Tyler pointed out, bad musically. I don't know that you've even been exposed to most of that stuff. It's, it's such an internet specific phenomenon yeah. that like you would have to just stumble upon it by chance. It's not, yeah. it's not, it's not stuff that like real people in the world listen to. You don't see their t-shirts at shows and stuff. It's, 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 it's gimmicky joke shit. Yes, exactly. But, but under the guise of not being a joke, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's funny, but also like we're taking a hard stance and we're like communists. Don't fuck with us. Yeah. You know? Whatever. Yeah, for sure. I've said before, I don't want to hear songs about environmentalism and, and positive things in my fucking black metal. I think a lot of that stuff was more like, we're going to murder racist kind of stuff. I don't I don't want to hear that. I want to hear you're going to fucking murder everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. <laughs> I, I want to hear I want to hear songs about infants on fucking pikes. Yeah. Yeah, the music is bad, which is the main thing. So it, it makes the sort of the corniness of the entire thing uh, even less excusable. I do think that there has been a backlash against that kind of stuff where people are like, fuck you, I'll listen to what I want to. And I think I speak from personal experience in the sense, I can't remember what it's called. There's a clinical diagnosis for it. Something defiant disorder. I can't remember what, what okay. exactly it is. I'm sure I don't have that, but I'm just saying like I, it resonates with me when I've read about it in the past. Um, if someone tells me not to do a thing, or I can't do a thing, or I shouldn't do a thing. Oppositional defiant Oppositional disorder. Oppositional defiant disorder. That's it. I will go directly to that thing and do it mm. and dive in. Bro, if if no one were out here telling me I couldn't do it, I'm the NSBM stuff might have missed me. The RICOA might have <laughs> missed me. But with people growing up being like, hey, you know what? You can't listen to that screwdriver stuff. I was like, fuck you. Who's going to stop me? Not you, motherfucker. Right. And now... I unironically un listen to Back With a Bang once a week, you know? Who knows if I would have landed there. So, yes, because I know that there are other fucking old-school edgelord morons out there like myself, yeah, I'm sure there was backlash against this stuff. I don't know if... Uh, I don't know if that trend will continue into the current wave of oi shit. However, I do know that some of the contemporary oi shit, a lot of the contemporary oi shit that's getting popular is all like crew and gangy affiliated kind of stuff. A lot well, of that, it is. It's a short walk to the, the next step. Then. Yeah. It's a lot of those guys graduate to motorcycle clubs and shit. Um, and at the very least they're involved in some sort of weird criminal enterprise or the glorification of violence, which is part and parcel to Oi in and of itself. So yeah, I, I it is a short walk there. I don't know if you're going to get like explicitly RAC stuff, 
but yeah, there's already like pop bands that are in the zeitgeist that whether it's a joke or just for shock value, flirt with that imagery because they think it's fun to do, like conservative military image. Like when we got that, we we're like, is this racist? And I'm sure that ambiguity is fully calculated. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I know those are, that's like a crew associated band and stuff. And like, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we're going to get quite there, but yeah, I think already with this OI stuff, there's a lot of those guys are like, you know, fuck PC shit. Like th it, those are those guys. Here's the thing is, Eventually, yeah, everybody loses the thread of a fucking joke or a pose. Uh, absolutely, for sure. Yeah, right. That's how four chain radicalization happens. Like everybody you know? loses the fucking thread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get a couple guys that start a band that you know appears sketchy or whatever, and is you know playing playing uh, a form of metal. Yeah, that you know historically could be pretty sketchy sure. or relied on sketchiness right or a form of fucking punk that is notorious yeah and you're gonna get other folks that are into it for the wrong fucking reasons sure. and then everybody forgets the fucking point yeah absolutely and i would say your comparison to like the for like the neckbeard death camp shit and nsbm you said it's like as bad as some of the worst nsbm and we've talked about this on the show many times we're both of the same mind on this uh as soon as stuff becomes message first in any direction, yep. you lose the plot so fucking fast and quality falls by the wayside because it's not, it's not the purpose of what you're doing is to make shit that rips. The purpose is to win over converts, you which is fucking you lame. You become the only racist caterer in town. The only racist caterer in town. Exactly. We talked about this exact phenomenon. Yep. The quality doesn't matter. Nope. It's just that you're the only the, racist the, caterer the in town. The gate's open because you're a bunch of fucking rubes, yep. and anybody that's speaking your rube language is welcome to just come on in, yep. no matter the, whatever the quality of whatever it is they're yep. producing. And that swings, I, I don't want to say in all directions, or in both directions, I'll say all directions. That is an omnidirectional uh, phenomenon. Yeah. All right, what's next? Yo, what's up? I'm just a fucking cretin air in my type 5 right now. Um, just kidding. I just wanted to say, I hope y'all are having a good Christmas season. I hope Christmas has, you know, jaundice or leprosy in store for you. Um, and I just wanted to say, you know, one thing, bring up one thing for, uh, bring a little Christmas joy to your faces. I just want to bring up, uh, do you guys remember that one time Nate ate that shit off the table that he thought was food that wasn't actually food? Uh, I think about that frequently, especially when uh, Nate is making any sort of uh, semi-objective value judgment. Um, but yeah, I remember that dude. But usually, cannot uh, cannot discern whether or not things are edible or not, and just decides to take the risk anyway. Which you know, that's noble in some reasons. But yeah, that was really fucking funny. Um, but again, guys, and fuck uh, yourself. <laughs> it looked like food. <laughs> I didn't see it. I only saw your reaction, your horrified reaction after you realized it was not food. I frequently eat at the table. Yeah. At this table. Yes. I have a little snack. Sure. This is my work office. Right. During the week when I have to do computer bullshit. Yeah. Not uncommon that there might be a morsel <laughs> left over. Hmm, what's this? Yeah. The, the, that's the thing, though. I think the blind commitment to just thinking it is a morsel and just going for it is... It's a it's a it's a decision. It's a decision for sure. It is a really funny moment that uh, I'm I, I'm always happy to hear a reminder of. My Christmas was good. I, I didn't get uh, jaundice or leprosy or anything like that. Hope that you had a good. Uh, hope you had a good holiday season. Yeah. Well, how we doing, gentlemen? It's Friday the thirtieth. 
And all I can say is you lazy motherfuckers. Uh, Omen Brothers are grateful dead. The answer is the Omen Brothers. Peace. So I'm sure that was Joe was, you know, referencing the fact that at that juncture we hadn't uploaded a new episode yet because I was sick. Yeah. Um, yeah, Almond Brothers, easy. And I, I will say I'm a fairly recent, like a late in life uh, convert to some of the early Grateful Dead material. Uh, I, I, I finally took a, took a dive last year, maybe two years ago, and was like, oh, some of this early stuff is pretty good. But yeah, compared to Almond Brothers, no fucking contest. I was just listening to uh, Eat a Peach like two, three weeks ago. Fucking great. Love that band. Yep. I've Aside from Touch of Grey, sure. I could not name a fucking Grateful Dead song. Yeah, the early stuff before it got really jammy and really hippie is pretty good. Still, I don't think you, I, I don't necessarily think you would like it. It's a little, it's a little soft. Everything about it is antithetical to my, to my, uh, to my will, sure. my thalemic will. Yeah, yes, yeah, 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 for sure. I, I, I think, I think that is true. Yeah. Um, all right. Hey, what's up, dudes? It's Grant. Uh, I called in because I wanted to make a like shout out to like some of the stuff that I didn't think got a lot of talk about for albums and EPs of the year for LPs. I'm going to keep it just, I'm just going to blow right through them. LPs, Fantasia, Ghost Stories, Strawman Army, SOS, Rigorous Institution, Kane's Marsh, Mutt, Bad to the Bones, Sniffany and the Nits, the Unscratchable Itch, Secret Shame, Autonomy, Burning World, Pieces, No Reality, Scarecrow, Crisis, Maniac, Spy Split, do the Maniac side. I don't know, if, man, because a lot of people love Spy, but Maniac, they fucking a paranoiac morbid psycho uh, and the heavy discipline promo 2022 and if you are fucking mad about what these fucking dumbasses say about shit on the podcast about fucking hawaii of all things boy are you in for some fucking treats if you listen back <laughs> yeah all good all good uh, all good records I, listed by grant some of those i almost i, I almost put up straw yeah, man army for fucking sure love that yeah amazing uh, kane Smarsh, listen to that a bunch yep. that that sniffany in the nits uh-huh. i mentioned the only reason i didn't mention that was because i talked about the seven inch i think a yeah, year yeah. before yeah so. you did yep uh, but that lp is really good it's yeah great. burning world's really good yep for sure all good stuff all worth checking out uh for sure thanks for thanks for uh thanks for big up and some good shit grant so people were mad about hawaii well, just one person was mad about Hawaii. Okay. One, one person on the internet, and uh, I found out about you know secondhand or whatever. We were just macho, macho racist guys for saying that you know you could that it was better to be homeless in Hawaii than than a homeowner in Indiana. <laughs> Which again, I just want to acknowledge since we're on the show here, I do understand that there is a homelessness epidemic in Hawaii, and I understood that when we were having that conversation in jest there's a homeless epidemic in every every fucking city for sure but there Everywhere. there's a disproportionate number of unho- unhoused people in hawaii compared yeah. now uh, now my assertion would be maybe it's because it's not so bad to be homeless in hawaii uh, I'm, I'm gonna tell you this i'm gonna tell you this take whatever problems you got yeah yeah, yeah. whatever fucking problems you got uh-huh. i don't care if it's homelessness unless it is endemic to the tropical island in which you're living yeah Take those same problems right. and transplant them to the muddy rust belt of the upper Midwest in January. It's worse. <laughs> it's worse. Objectively, it is worse for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right. I, I think it was. I think it was like f- six degrees below zero yeah. when I made that statement. Which actually, I think, is better 
than fucking 30 degrees and muddy? Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, I would agree. I, I'll take bitter cold over just this but fucking like, bullshit. Hey, it's a, it's a statement in levity. I get it because, oh, it's... Yeah. Ain't nobody looking to come to the fucking paradise that is Hammond, Indiana. Yeah, <laughs> right. On yeah, vacation. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure, dude. I understand a homelessness epidemic in Hawaii. I'd transplant any of those people to Gary, and yeah. they're going to be clawing to get back to that Please. tropical island right tropical paradise island right. and i get it there's plenty of tropical places that are in bad shape haiti i ain't absolutely yeah absolutely i'm just saying i'm just saying i'm just saying i'm just saying <laughs> make it where the weather wants to fucking kill you for six months out of the year yeah for sure <laughs> for sure all right let's uh what's our next message hey boys what's up i just started a new job um at a factory in a small town and in the three days I've been working there, I've already heard someone say that the football player who had a heart attack died from the vaccine. Some guy today straight up told me he has a, quote, disdain for natives. And the big buzz in the break room today was that the government apparently told KFC to hire West Indian guys and they would reimburse them part of their checks and now KFC is dirty and it stinks on top of this they're playing a radio station all day that plays Mumford and Sons and 90s hits like Creep by Radiohead so if you hear about a factory worker in Canada going postal um, it was me night <laughs> hey yo sounds like you're working fort wayne man yeah yeah for sure i'm sorry sorry to hear about that vince but yeah that's that's the way of things i uh i used to play a game when i worked in like production when my buddy josh and i were working in our, our other friend brandon's family's uh die shop running the lathes um when we first started working there which was to try to guess guess which one of the guys working on the other side of the shop was like a a radical uh, right-wing neo-Luddite. You yeah. know, it's fun to just guess. All of them. All of them. <laughs> the answer is all, all of them. them. <laughs> yeah, yes, 100%. But yeah, that's uh, that's standard issue for like production jobs and shit, man. Yeah. I, w I would expect no less. It's, uh, I, w I won't say it's good to know or comforting to know, but uh, the fact that it's the same in Canada as it is here doesn't surprprise me I'll no, say that no it doesn't I th it's I think same that, everywhere I think that uh, whatever the fuck what whatever uh, whatever kindling was stoked down here yeah about five six years ago seven years ago yeah it, that, it, those embers carried yeah. across the border yeah really inflamed some shit for sure and Canada already had its own issues with yeah. like you know well native folks and let's stuff. just say yeah all of yeah. North America yeah right? yeah 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 all in all of North America for sure right. yeah. Canadians are super polite unless you're indigenous right yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly for sure for sure so you know it's the same everywhere um all right let's hear our uh, our last voicemail yep sorry if you heard the end of that I'm probably dying but fuck you two um yeah, uh, I'm just curious. So I saw an interview, and this dude, I guess, was a stylist for Opium, and he looks like the Casualties are his favorite band. But he's wearing, like, shit ton of uh, Balenciaga patches, and he has, like, a Gucci belt, which is fucking weird. But, like, 
talking about fashion and how, like, he's the progressive punk and he's a true punk because he's out of the norm and he feels that he can fall into anything, any kind of, like, a setting. And I mean, like, that feels like anti-punk and pro-capitalism. You're spending, like, $2,000 on fucking Balenciaga and all those other brands. So uh, what's your thoughts? Do you think he still fits punk ethos or he's just a poser and doing it for the look to look like he's a sore thumb and uh, a rebel without a cause because I think he thinks that or whatever. He also sounded like he had the voice of a four-year-old. So, yeah. Peace. Fuck you. AJ, you're always talking about people that I don't know about and couldn't possibly muster up the will to care enough to look up. So I, I think you mentioned a stylist for someone. I don't know if it was a stylist for a rapper or something like that. Look, I, I could try and give a thoughtful answer to this and talk about how fashion has been tied up with punk since day one and Vivian Westwood, the recently passed on Vivian Westwood and all that shit. I will just say, if there are two things in the world that are unassailably fucking stupid, it is spending thousands of dollars on designer clothes and uh, it is obsessing as an adult over whether what you do is punk or not especially ascribing uh, a punk ethos to your actions, especially if those actions are as infinitesimally uh, just fucking spitting into the void nonsense, change nothing bullshit like what clothes you wear. So I don't have a feeling about this other than those ones. I don't care about hmm. anything that was expressed here. I'm looking at the... I, I did not know what Balenciaga, Balenciaga. is. Yeah, just designer brand. Dude, those shoes are the ugliest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. Balenciaga has some shoes that I like, uh, predictably, but some shoes that I really hate. And I what, what is up with the heel sticking like four or five inches behind your actual heel? It's like a chunky sneaker thing. It's, like the, it's just like a high fashion thing. Yeah. Is what yeah, it is. I guess. Hi, hot culture. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is exactly that. It's uh, it's less hot than it once was, uh, maybe a few years ago. But it's it's uh, still hanging on. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Let's uh. Let's let's read some text messages. Do you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> I I did. I don't oh, really. Man. It's just it's just another fucking trap, dude. It is indeed. It's a, just it another, another fucking trap. poverty trap for you. For sure. Yeah. No doubt. Um. Okay. We got one from Trey. Hi, boys. Trey again. Because we're from Virginia and we play forms of extreme metal inevitably when traveling, usually abroad, I can't tell you how many times someone has come up to us and the following conversation took place. Random European presenting white guy. Looking forward to seeing you tonight. Me. Thanks. Hope not to disappoint. Rando. You are from Virginia? Me? Yep. Rando. So that's where those bands are from, <laughs> right? Me. Huh? Rando. You know those bands. Me. Yeah. Rando. Cool. Do you like them? Me. Walks away. <laughs> this gets back to your point of owning your own sketchiness. Frankly, I don't want to talk about Argos Lint or GBK with a stranger, but I definitely don't want to talk with a fence-riding fascist coward about anything. And you know who'd be even more bummed out by their edgelording racist ambiguity? Alexander Halleck. Bunch of H-Chan basement babies. A lot of them. <laughs> uh, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Just come out and say it. Just come out and say it, man. Don't be a bitch. All right. Uh, hey, Greg and Nathaniel, I'm texting because I have too much brain rot from listening to your podcast to coherently express this idea over call. Fair. Uh, since there are crybaby, crybaby listeners who don't get to hear you say their name and song they sent in, 
I say, fuck it, make the Q20 bands, maybe 25 bands, fuck, even 50 bands. I know you nerds have the dice for it. Roll the dice. If it lands on the band, it lands on it, whatever. Then if you really feel like putting in the time after the show, put a link to a playlist in the Instagram and podcast bio of the songs that was sent in by the emailers, starting with the bands that made it to the episode, then follow it with all the bands that didn't so that people can listen if they want. Then listeners can role play you and have their own hell week so you don't have to. Well, we addressed this at the top of the show. We're doing a similar idea. So, yeah. so great minds. Um, I got one here that just says gray looks like <laughs> racist powder. Um, I have gotten the powder comparison since I was a, a, a younger man. Um, and yeah, yeah, that, yo, fair, fair assertion. I'm a little fat to be powder now. Uh, but yeah, I'm still in the ballpark for sure. It's I, weird that people are still talking about powder. I know, dude. Powder is. Uh, I've never seen that movie, but I know it's got that like weirdo, al- like yeah, like ghoulish dude. Ghoul, yeah, ghoulish albino kid. Yeah, uh, un- powder. Is he supposed to be albino? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like he's got like pa- well maybe not albino, but I don't know. He's got some shit. He's got powers. He's got like healing powers and electric powers and shit. Because he's albino. I don't know. Because he's a little freak man. I don't know. I guess. I will just say uh, Powder has had an unexpected degree of cultural staying power. He, he just looks like a... I'm looking at him now. He just looks like a vampire. Yeah, he kind of looks like a... Uh, he looks like a Nosferatu. Yeah. Uh, and at different times in my life, I've had a bit of a Nosferatu vibe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, could you please turn up the bubbler in the mix? That shit is fire. Oh, yeah. Noted. Um, so we have one here. Um, Yoon's got a P.O. box to send in rancid meat or Star Trek audio cassettes to. Uh, no, no P.O. box, but you can just send it to my personal address. And if you have anything for Nate, I'll get it to him. Uh, also, was being sketchy with some 60-gram canister shells at our fireworks tent on New Year's. Hope it scratches an itch for Nate. I'd like at least one more year of shows before said manifesto. So there's a video of, uh, of their mortar shells blowing up and a picture of all the mortar shells they tied together. Oh, yeah. That's a, this is a classic move. Oh, that's the only fun thing to do with yeah. fireworks is be reckless with them. The la- the last time you and I set off fireworks together, it was taking mortar shells and putting them inside things that they should not be in it. Blowing so, up buckets and shit. Let me tell you a story. Yeah. I've okay. done a lot of bad things with fireworks. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. I've done a lot of unspeakable things uh, with fireworks. Yes, you've probably done horrible things. Growing yes. up as a pseudo redneck in the foothills sure. of, uh, you know, the, the Appalachians. Right. I've blown up a lot of shit. Yeah. Blown up cows. Yeah, sure. They were dead. Dead cows. Yeah, you've talked about that before. Right. Yep. Um, I never get tired of blowing shit up, man. No, me neither. I don't want to blow cows up anymore. Right. I don't want to blow up random little creatures, things that yeah. I find. Sure. Yeah. Right. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to hurt things. No, but I still want to blow. But stuff I do want to destroy things. Absolutely, I love it. There's, there's, yeah, there's, there's nothing better. I, I don't, I don't care about the sparkles. Nope. Just let it blow up. Just want to blow stuff up. I want to go to war so I can blow shit up. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Yeah, man. Um, all right. We got one from uh, from our good buddy, Adam Walker. Hey, dudes, it's Adam. Got some shows to boost for your PNW listenership. Uh, January 21st, Sadist, Lexicon, and Xiphoid Dementia at Lucky Liquor. That's a good lineup. Uh, February 3rd, Endorphins Lost, album release show for Night People, which I will say uh, I just did the write-up for and I listened to and is really good. Tithe and Theories, also at Lucky Liquor. Um, February 4th, Endorphins Lost, Spill and Nether Realms at Blackwater. March 3rd, Grave Infestation, Cystic and Deconsecration at Clockout Lounge. And then March 4th, Grave Infestation, Fetid and Besotten at High Water Mark. So if you're in the P&W. Sound like fucking rippers. Yeah, if you're in the P&W and any of those sound good, check it out. Adam Book shows up there. Uh, he's the man. He's a man of taste. 
He's not booking anything that sucks. I love, I love death metal bands and, and like grind bands that just take classic carcass, mm -hmm. just take words. Yes. That sound like they mean more than they do yeah, or something yeah, they yeah. got to do and just slap it together like xiphoid dementia. Yeah, same, dude. I love it. It's classic. It's just like a random word generator. Yeah. Like, yeah. yo, the xiphoid is the inferior part of your sternum. Right. Right? Yeah. Feel where your sternum ends right underneath your fucking breastbone. That's yeah. your xiphoid. Yeah, it means nothing. Yeah. It means absolutely nothing. I love nothing, it. But it sounds cool. Yeah. Um, it's Will. I enjoyed the year-end roundup. It put me onto a lot that I missed. Question for Nate, since he put me on to the last release in 2020 via last year's wrap-up. Did you check out the new Cosmic Putrefaction? No, I didn't. I've I been meaning to, and I haven't. Yeah, I haven't gotten around to it either. There's I, just so much stuff. There's, there's a ton of stuff. And... Uh, I've been listening to a lot more simple death metal lately. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. but I, I should check it out. Indeed. Um, all right, last one. Two things. One, what fish does Nate have in his aquarium? What fish do you have in your aquarium? I have a Placostomus. Okay. I had a Placostomus that was just my tiny little, that's him. Right, yeah. Right, Al. And he was there just to like keep things clean. But yeah. then I had to get rid of my other fish because right. they got too big. Yeah. So he's all by himself now. Yeah, lonely guy. And uh, he's getting pretty big. Yeah, he is pretty. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty big. Uh, number two, after having been stiffed by two of the three labels that had some hand in releasing it, I successfully added the Parasitic Twins self-titled 7-inch to my collection via some dude on Discogs. There you go. I bet, you know who I bet the dude on Discogs was? I bet it was Andy. Because Andy's selling, like, his entire collection because uh -huh. he's finally moving to Miami. Okay. Also, you should look through his collection because there's some stuff. <laughs> there's some stuff in there you probably want. There's okay. some shit in there I want. But I digress. Yeah, you probably bought that from, from one of our friends, most likely. Uh, but I'm glad you got it. I'm glad you felt compelled to buy it. I haven't revisited it in a while. I haven't listened to it in years. I remember liking a couple of songs on there. It's not, not super representative of what we sound like now, but hey. It was a pretty good snapshot of us uh, almost a decade ago at this point. More, more, I think. The 7-inch? Uh, yeah. I think that came out in, oh, yeah, maybe 2011. Yeah. No, I, I think that's 2012. We had it. We anyway. Had, yeah, it's, anyway, it's, a long fucking time ago. Thanks for picking it up, though. Hope you like it. Uh, and hope you didn't pay too much for it. So that's it. If you want to call in, it's 260-222-8341. Uh, just make sure your message is a minute and a half or under, or you can shoot us a text message if you don't uh, believe in your own brevity. Uh, I already told you how you can submit music. If you want to join the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash demo listen podcast. Uh, it, it's, it's a good time to join it. We've been really good about getting new content up pretty consistently. We got a bunch of tapes coming out. So if you subscribe at the $10 tier, uh, you get everything that we release via the tape label. And we have four, four definite things lined up and are reaching out to try and put some other stuff out too. So it's probably going to be a pretty year, uh, pretty busy year. The first release is already at press and I should have it in my hands within the next four or five weeks. Uh, so, uh, thanks to everybody who already subscribes. Thanks to everybody who listens to the show. Thanks to everybody who makes it to the end of the show and actually listens to the voicemail section because I think it's pretty good and uh, hope everybody's enjoying your new year so far we'll catch you uh, catch you next week see you